Just wanted to give you this quick announcement before we start the show and remind you that the Crown Refs podcast is sponsored by TheRefereeStore.com. That is our official apparel partner. So if you're in the market for referee gear or any of your uniform needs, definitely go to TheRefereeStore.com. And if you want to save 15%, try out their United Attire products. You just simply enter Crown15 at checkout. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Crown Refs Podcast. Being a great partner and always supporting one another is the most important skill set for officials to exhibit for a myriad of reasons, especially with so much divide amongst referees within the industry and all the outside negativity that's pushing referees out of the profession. Being a great teammate is more vital than ever. So in this episode, we meet with Colin Nelson, Ethan Brocktrup, and the rest of the Badger Student Officials Association from the University of Wisconsin-Madison to break down and discuss over 20 tips and themes that you can immediately implement into your game to become a better partner. We touch on some leadership and happiness hacks that will keep you accountable, proper online etiquette, and how to flatter your partners before ever working with them. We also list some effective strategies for coaches and players when they make comments about our partners. Hope you enjoy this episode. Really appreciate your patronage and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. Being good is good, but good is the enemy of great. We only have one life to live, so I I mean, I try to do everything to the best of my ability, and I want to be a great partner, and I want you guys to be great partners. I want you to be the partner that everyone wants to work with. Perfect. Well, uh... Tonight we have the privilege to speak with Paul. Um, he's the founder and creator of Crown Refs, and he's created a social media platform to help officials, as he says, improve their craft. Um, he's had a bunch of uh, well-known officials on his podcast, you know, Joey Crawford, Scott Foster, Al Batista, many others. And uh, for those who don't know him, you know, very, very knowledgeable guy who has um, a lot of resources on his Instagram page. Um, and if you aren't currently following him, highly recommend it. That's where I get a lot of my content and definitely learn and have grown as official just through that page itself. Um, so with that being said, um, thanks for coming in, Paul. I certainly appreciate you spending your time tonight and hopping in our meeting. It's really good to be with you guys. Anytime we could talk about officiating, I'm in. So it's uh, nice to meet you know guys from another state and be able to kind of share what I got going on. Um, I would love, and thank you, Marcus, too, and everybody else that's here. Appreciate you guys. I would love to just give a quick um, bio on Crown Refs, just kind of what we have going on now, where you can find the stuff. Um, and then I, w- I was going to get into a presentation about all the different aspects of officiating. I was talking to Colin on kind of what I can talk about. So I, I had listed like communication, game management, camps, um, play calling. And then I got to my first one, which was partnering. That was going to be the first one I led with. And then I just started putting a bunch of bullets down. I'm like, no, the entire presentation is going to be on the importance of great partnering because there's so many different little nuances within it. So uh, I'll get into some some partner tips. And I would really love if you guys could, um, you know, the more interactive we can make this, the more value I can give you guys. I'm here to give you guys value. It's, it's great to sit up here and, and just talk, but I would love to kind of bounce ideas off you. So at any time, <clears throat> if you want to put through the chat an additional comment or a question, 
that'd be great. Or if you guys just want to wait to the end and think of a couple good questions to create some more talking points, um, that would be great. So, um, you know, as Colin mentioned, I have a podcast called the Crown Refs Podcast, started in 2018. Um, worked with some of the best officiating minds in the world. Going to continue to recruit and pull um, more of that officiating talent for you guys to hear. Put out 150 episodes in about two and a half years. So it's been pretty consistent content. Um, put a lot of content on Instagram. That's where I started on Instagram. Built out the page and the brand from there. Started to connect with as many officials as I could on Instagram. And then I bridged out to all the other platforms platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, even though I suck at Twitter, I still have Twitter. Most of my posts get copied from Instagram. I've never really figured Twitter out, Twitter out yet, but I'm there and you can find my content there. Um, I also have a weekly newsletter. So if you guys want to put your email through the chat or maybe Colin, if you can kind of round up a few emails, I put out an email every week. It's um, basically a um, accumulation of all the content from the week that I released, whether it was podcasts, videos, um, so it's a good way to kind of get informed on what we have going on. Also have a YouTube channel where a lot of the visual podcasts you can find. So if you're a video guy and you'd rather watch than most of the episodes, I think starting around episode 85 is when I started doing the visual content. So you can find those episodes on YouTube or whatever platform you listen on Spotify, um, or iTunes. We have, you know, a lot of stuff out. And I've tried to flood the internet, the referee internet with as much content as possible. Nobody's really ever attacked social media as a way to, you know, grow through officiating. That's why I think it, it rang off so well early on, because, you know, you just have refs like on their phone checking out their Instagram stories. Like, I've never came to Instagram to learn about ref content. So, you know, I think the industry needed a little bit of a facelift. I think we were looking pretty old, pretty old school like any images i have of a kid of a ref it's just a very old school look so i think our industry was a bit antiquated so i think that gave a great um kind of land grab for me to be able to get some attention of of the officials so um you can find me at crown refs at gmail or at crown refs on any of the platforms um is where you can find find the stuff so Tonight, I wanted to get into the importance of, of great partnering. And notice I said great partnering. I didn't say good partnering. Good partnering is, is good. You know, being good is good, but good is the enemy of great. We only have one life to live. So, I, I mean, I try to do everything to the best of my ability, and I want to be a great partner, you know, and I want you guys to be great partners. I want you to be the partner that everyone wants to work with, right? You're the person that shows up in the gym and your partner isn't looking, he just turns and sees you and is like, yes, yes. I mean, that's a good feeling for me when I kind of get that. Um, so, you know, the point of tonight is to learn a, a few different tips and strategies on how we can implement being a great partner, great partner, right? So treating everybody kind, being kind, treating everybody with respect. That's a big pillar of strength that I, I pride myself on, the fact that I'm nice to everybody. And it doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter if, you know, anybody can be nice when things are going well. How do you act when things are not going well? That shows your true character. So just a couple character traits, you know, being kind and respectful to everybody, you know, no matter the level. Um, not talking negatively about anybody. What a complete waste of time it is to talk negatively about someone else. We're all guilty. I've done it. 
hundreds and thousands of times. We've all done it. It's, it's natural, right? It's natural. But if you guys can kind of get in your mindset that anytime you're talking bad about somebody else, it's just a waste of time. You're not, you're not um, developing yourself. And, and referees do that a lot. We talk about our partners. We talk about our partners' calls. What a complete waste of time. I'm telling you, just save yourself the time and don't even get too emotionally wrapped up in like your partner's calls. And we'll get into a little bit about that. But I just want to hammer the point home. You know, I'm a really positive guy always. So just, you know, leading with positivity, not being negative, not speaking negatively about anybody. You need partners in order to be great. There's that word great again. You know, you need great partners in order to be great. This isn't golf. It's not an individual sport. Golf, you could just go to the course and yeah, you're going to get instruction from your coach, but it's up to the golfer to grow and, and kind of elevate to the level that they want to go. You know, with officiating, there's no way that you can be really good and grow if you don't have help. No official has ever just went onto the court, worked their games and then left and went home with no interaction or collaboration with partners. Like we really need partners to help bring our level up, right? <clears throat> excuse me. So you want to su surround yourself with people that are better than you. You know, that's a tip that I have for new officials. Find the best officials in your area and go follow them, watch their game, connect with them, play, share with them and kind of get accustomed into their circle. It's a great way to grow. So partners are everything. They're the return on investment. They are your gateway to really elevating your game. So find a great, so find a great crew whether it's on group chat or, you know, you, everybody has a, a nice little circle of, of referees. So, you know, find your little circle and make sure you audit your circle. Make sure that your circle has a lot of these things we're talking about, you know, great partners, people that are looking to help and give back, you know, so you are a reflection of who, you know, the company you keep. Always put the game first, always put your partner second and always put yourself third in that order. The game comes first. We're here for the game. We're here to run the game and do what's best for the game. After that, our partners come before anyone else. They come before any players. They come before any coaches. They come before yourself. So if we have that order, game, partners, and then you're last, right? Then you're last. That's a great order to have. That will set you up to run the game properly and be a great partner. Here's a leadership tip. And just take this for what it's worth. When you do well, credit the crew. When the crew fails, you take the blame. All right, you take the blame. So let's say you had the greatest call in the world with 2.7 seconds left, block charge play, decided the game. You come out looking sharp, punching, you know, in the locker room, everybody's, you know, high-fiving you. That was a great call. The first opportunity you get, just throw the compliments back to them. Couldn't have done it without you. You guys were great all night great crew. Just take, just take that piece of advice. When you do well, credit other people. When other people fail, you take the blame. That's how to be accountable. And that's just how to show great leadership. I think that if you guys can take that it'll, and apply it, it will help. Here's a happiness hack. Cause I'm all about being happy. You know, I, I pride myself on 24 seven happiness, except when I wake up in the morning, first five minutes, that's not that happy, let's be honest. Um, but after that, I'm good to go. So here's a happiness hack. Don't compare yourself to anyone's career. Don't compare anyone's path to yours. It's got nothing to do with you. You should not be looking at any of the people in your circle 
or any of the people that came before you or after you and judge where they are and look at their career path as a way or look at their career path and, and compare it to yours. Like, oh, I should be where they're at. Why is he getting this game and I'm not? That's called jealousy. And that's called envy. And those are bad character traits, right? So be happy for somebody that, that, that goes up. Be happy for somebody that elevates. Here's one for you. Be happy for your partner's success. Be the first to congratulate someone for moving up even if they moved up to the spot you were expecting to get hired in. Don't play loser ball. That's playing loser ball when you're jealous of how someone else moves up. You know, I had this situation happen to me. You know, I was expecting, expecting, I was hoping to make a particular league. I didn't get the call. Another official got the call. I called him immediately. You know, genuine, I'm not, not doing it just to do it. I'm, I'm genuine, I'm, I'm being authentic with him. His career path has nothing to do with mine. He did not take my spot. You know, that was his spot. He earned it. So we congratulate him. So that's just another, another tip. Sometimes referees might, might not feel the urge to be the first one to congratulate because you're like, oh, I didn't make it. Oh, why did, you know, there you go again, playing loser ball. That's what it is. You know, we want to have a winner's mentality. Every situation can be flipped into a positive. A lot of people spend time dwelling on the negative thing that occurred. I don't see it as negative. I, I have a different lens. I have the ability to look at a negative situation and find the positives. It may not come right away, but the more you look at it and analyze it, you know, you can see the light. I, I'm a big believer in turning negatives into positives, looking at steps back being potential steps forward, right? So, you know, congratulate the ref that moves up, especially if it's your spot. That's a, a high character thing to do. Let's talk about online etiquette because there's a lot of referees on the internet now, which is great. Make sure you're a great partner online. All right. There's a lot of negative internet comments. I see it all the time. I get a lot of comments on my stuff, especially on like Facebook. And I find it more on Facebook and Twitter. There's a wider range. I think of people on Facebook and Twitter Instagram's a little more hip, right? <laughs> Maybe a little more skewed, a little younger. But I, I mean, I see a lot of negative comments. And it's like, I'm looking at these officials. I'm like, guys, we're all partners. I don't care that you're from Ohio and I'm never going to see you again. I look at you as my partner. You're talking negatively about a, a, a referee's play. That's your partner's play. You know, so being a good person in person and being a good person online. I'll tell you a quick story. I put up a play the other day of me giving a technical foul um, because my because the coach reacted to my partner. So uh, my partner calls a charge play. Coach just starts jumping up and down, doing a sidestep, and then you know shouts at my partner. Then looks at me because I'm table side, stomps and claps. I don't forget what he called. I forget what he said. I think it was you know blow the whistle or make that call or whatever. So I gave him a nice calm technical foul. No worries. I put that play up on my Instagram stories. I got some good feedback. I was just putting it up just to share. Again, like take what you like, disregard what you don't. If you thought I did something good there, take it. If you don't, disregard it. So this official, here, I'll pull up the comments. He jumped in the comments, said, what'd your supervisor think of that? I would never give a technical foul to a coach who's clapping at me. So I responded. I said, um, you know, I didn't, we didn't ask the supervisor what he thought. We put it in the game report. And I said, did you hear what the, 
what the player, what, did you hear what the coach said to me? And the play was on mute. I, there was no sound on the play. So there's no way that he could have, you know, heard what he said, but he just immediately shared his opinion. And then I gave him my response. Like I said, no, we, we didn't tell the supervisor. And I said, are you going to allow a coach to stomp and clap at you? And he goes, whoa, I must have struck a nerve. Um, he goes, I must have struck a nerve. I said, you can never strike any of my nerves. I'm just trying to, you know, share the play, get some feedback on it. So he just starts questioning me. Why would you put the play up? This and that. And I'm like, let me just give you a good partner tip. The next time you ask about a partner's play, you know, have an open mind and try to learn something about what actually happened. Right. Don't just share your opinion. Do a little bit more fact finding. So it's just, a, you know, if you're here, you're trying to learn. You're not trying to just share your opinion. So, you know, sharing their opinions. Another another play I put up. I put up a video this weekend of I was at a tournament in Connecticut and we ejected a fan and game management wound up not removing them. He let the fans stay in. So I videoed the fan. He's sitting there. The fan's sitting there after the game taunting us, taunting us to the camera. I put it on TikTok, by the way. It has 45,000 views right now. Everybody's commenting on it, at least from the ref world. And one of the guys is a former 30-year referee. And he goes, referees just need to be better. If you guys were better, you wouldn't, you, we wouldn't have that problem. He, he tells me he's a 30-year official. I'm like, sir, we have to stick together. You're an official, and now you're coming on the internet dropping negative lines about another official. That's not being a good partner. You're part of the problem. And then he comes back, no, I'm part of the solution. Refs just need to get better. So here we have a 30-year-old veteran who's now just throwing his negative chatter into a TikTok comment. You know, it's like, and these people are all hiding behind their keyboard warriors, just hiding behind a fake screen name or whatever. But just two examples of, you know, negative internet comments. We should just avoid those. Another partner tip I have for you. I put out a, a picture a few years ago that got a pretty good traction on my Instagram. It was called the Partner Snack Pack. So what I do is before my games, I, I roll with like a full snack pack. I bring like five waters, a um, couple packs of gum, tick, tic tacs, uh, I like cough drops, and then I'll bring like a nature Valley bar or protein bar, whatever. Um, but my partners love it. You know, you show up and, and you got a partner snack pack and I like to lay it down on the table. So it looks like, you know, you're at a hotel or something. And it was, it was just a really positive thing that got a lot of traction on it on the internet. And a lot of other people were like posting their partner snack pack. So you don't have to go crazy and, and go to Costco and, and, you know, buy the whole, buy the whole store, but offer gum, offer waters, offer Tic Tacs, couple, couple bucks out of your pocket to show that you're a great partner. Something, something you might consider. And Colin, stop me if there's any comments in the uh, chat. All right, so let's talk about on the court. We've, we've spoken about how to be a great partner off the court, some of the things. So on the court, pregame, right? Really big with the pregame is to not just walk in the, the, the locker room and just start talking about plays and just start talking about refereeing, especially if you don't know the person, right? It's always good to establish that rapport. How's your family? What do you do for work? How's your summer? Did you travel, right? Just, just, just fact-finding and you know, just building that rapport before we even talk about officiating. You're building up that trust. Laugh, joke. Hey, I like to tell jokes. I like to laugh. I'm a PE teacher. I work with pre-K students. You should see me all day. I'm like an animated cartoon character. 
<laughs> but I like to have fun. And yes, this is a job, but if you want to do a great job, then you need to be having fun at what you're doing, or you're just not going to be great at it. Um, so starting off your pregame, talking about non-referee stuff. Now, during the game, um, I'm, I just want to reference this. Don't leave the court without your partner. I don't know if anybody saw the Indianapolis incident this past weekend where there was a fight, a brawl between a ref, a fan, two fans, a player, like a middle school girl. It was really a horrible scene. But a couple things we could have done better, and I'm not going to address the whole scene because that's like a whole podcast. But if you notice, the, they obviously called the game. There was a hostile game. You could tell the tempers are flaring. One partner just walks off the court and one partner just stays at the table. So two things went wrong there. One partner left without the other partner and the other partner is staying on the court after a hostile game. Nothing good can come out of that. He's just standing at the table and you know, you see the partner walk away. I'm like, Oh man, if we would have just stuck together and he would have left. Then this would have never happened. So make sure you, you, you know, especially like rec games. And once you start working games in the wild, wild West, and there's no college umbrella or high school umbrella, that's going to govern that gym that day, right? No athletic directors. We just have teenage kids running these events. So, you know, for everybody's safety, don't leave the, the, the court without your partner. I'm going to tell you a really good tip right here. And this was said to me early in my career from someone who I really admired. It's the power of saying, great call partner. Their first call, first time you work with someone, or if it could be a younger official, I'll never forget. I made a call and I don't even think it was right, but I just remember in that moment, as I'm contemplating, damn, did I like that whistle? He just comes over and says, great, great call partner. And it was like such an emotional boost, such a confidence boost that this guy was telling me in this moment, great call partner. It was just, it was just, like I said, it, a great way to boost your confidence and self-belief. And then I was able to, now I'm able to reciprocate that and see the effects from the other side, right? So I was working with a young official a few weeks ago. Her name is Shay. And the first call she had, I don't know if it was right. I couldn't see it, but I went with full assurance. Shay, great call, great call. And then the next time out, you know, she's getting together. She's like, wow, you, you know, you make me feel so confident. So so easy working with you. So I want you guys to take that and use it. It will be highly effective in your games. Your partners will respect you for it. And you're helping them out. You're helping give them confidence. You're helping give them support. And sometimes that's what we need in these moments. The game gets really hot. Here's another good, good piece here. Don't allow coaches to talk negatively about our partners. If they yell at you, they yell at the crew. A lot of officials allow this to happen because the coach is not talking negatively about them and they want to stay on the coach's good side and they don't want to ruffle those feathers, but you're not here to be friends with the coach. And if the coach talks negatively about a, a crewmate or teammate, we need to defend them. We need to support them. So this has happened to all of us. I'm sure raise your hand. If this has happened to you, partner you're like you're doing a nice job today but man what are your partners calling or hey you can really work but those guys man they're terrible whoa 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 coach coach with all due respect i would never talk negatively about one of your assistants please have the same respect for my crew is that fair crickets crickets or 
you hear, no, you're totally right. No, I'm so sorry. Uh, you're right. My bad, my bad, my bad. They just backtrack. But that's a good communication tip because you don't, you don't allow them to the leverage of talking about your partners. If they talk about them, they're talking about you. So step up and run the game and don't allow that. And I know why we, we allow it sometimes because the coach of team A hasn't said anything to me, hasn't said anything. It's been all good. He said a couple nice things to me. It's been all good. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't like my partner's calls. And now he's leaning on me because we're all good to now complain about my partners. Nope. I don't care that we're all good. That's great. We should always be all good. You know, just because you haven't yelled at me yet doesn't mean that we're best friends and I'm going to let you talk bad about my friends. So uh, I implore everyone to, to not, you know, allow that to happen. This year, I've given more texts and more warnings about what my part about what the coaches said to my partner. I've found myself addressing everything that they're that they're not everything that my partner didn't address. That's okay. If he doesn't want to take care of it, I'll give him an opportunity to and then I'll going to go run the game. So we had a, I had a play in, in high school this year. Coach is throwing his arms up at my partner all the time, throwing his arms up, you know, not really shouting across the court, but reacting to plays. And during this particular sequence, I was not table side. So I was just kind of watching it happen. And my partner didn't do anything about it because this year we were at a shortage. And, and I think it was a middle school. He was a middle school referee that got called up to work a varsity game because of the shortage of officials. But that's not even the point either. He's, he's working the game. He's the official on the game. Doesn't matter his level. So he's just shouting, shouting, shouting. So the next time out, I go up to him. I say, coach, you need to stop re overreacting and throwing your arms up at every call. Oh, no, I wasn't reacting to you. I was doing it to your partner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Coach, if you're doing it to my partner, you're doing it to the crew. Please have the same respect for my partner as you do for me. And I always end with, is that fair? I ask them a question. Now I put them on the spot. Now you need to, now you need to answer me, right? I'm expecting answers from you. Coaches expect a lot of answers from us and we're scared to ask questions, ask questions to coaches as a way to control the conversation and dictate the terms of the dialogue. Here's another right, really good. Before you, before I continue here, uh, we got a few questions in the chat. So um, one question came in and it says, as young officials, we feel like the opposite is sometimes true. Coaches will single out the more um, the the younger officials and tell your veteran partners to maybe help him out or help the young guy out. What are your thoughts on that? So as young officials, I feel like the opposite is true. Coaches will sing. So coaches will single out young officials and then go tell the vets, hey, you got to help him out. So listen, that's where the vet also can step in and do, whoa, 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 coach, please have the same respect for, for my partner as you do for me. And you can even play it like that too, because that is age discrimination, right? You're, you're, hold on, let me plug in, about to, about to lose you guys. So again, back to playing offense, I would never allow, I would never talk about a coach's ability based on his age. So I would take that similar approach. Coach, coach, please don't make a personal comment like that about my age. Please be more professional than that. That's how I would play offense on that. And, and what play offense means is when a coach says something that's wrong, um, that's disrespectful, that's inappropriate, 
that's personal, we now have leverage to call them out on that. And you have the right of way to call them out on that. We just need to do it. Uh, we just need to communicate effectively. It's all about how you do it, right? But that's a really good question. Hope that helped. Colin, can you read the next one to me? I'm not a great reader. Yes, I can. Um, so the next question comes from Marcus. He says, a lot of members work games where they may have never met our partners. In most cases, we are working with people older and more experienced than us. Any specific tips for working in high level games where we may be the least experienced crew member? Uh, Marcus says he struggles with not being too confident, but also being, uh, but not being too passive. He just doesn't know where to sit there. This is a very common occurrence that happens probably to every single official that has ever been in, been in a game, right? You're, you're young in the game and you're looking up at these two other or one other experienced crew member and you get nervous. You don't know where your role is, right? He's the experienced guy. He's been doing this the whole time. And I'm the young guy who doesn't know that much. How do I fit in? What do I call? Do I step in their primary? All that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, you're getting the same exact paycheck as your partner. No one cares about your experience. No one cares what game you worked last year. No one cares that you did a finals, you know, last year. So for a young official, just be humble, be a sponge, try to soak up as much as you can. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're working a two person game, your partner has 50%, you got the other 50. It's not 75, 25. So just look at yourselves as equals, you know, have a great pregame, maybe express some of these concerns to that partner in that game. Hey, you know, I'm starting out. I'm kind of young. I'm, I'm a little nervous working with you because I know you've been, you know, doing college the last six years, just kind of any advice for me kind of feeling my way into this game. Right. So that's good to get advice from the official that you're working with that game. And that's also another way of being great partnering because you're now you're building rapport and you're having really good discussions about it. Um, you know, be prepared to work with whoever you get assigned with, you know, we don't control who we work with. So, you know, take the same approach to every game, you may have to speak to people differently, right? We're not going to speak to everybody the same, but you're going to take the same approach. Um, and, you know, don't worry that a person is more experienced than you don't worry that they've been doing it longer than you. Eventually, you'll be that person that is the veteran, and you're going to be giving advice to the young official who's asking the same exact question. Um, so humility, being a sponge, soaking up as much as you can and, you know, trying to eliminate any nerves or anxiety. It's just a basketball game. It's just a game, right? Just be happy. We're working. We're getting a paycheck. I'm always in perspective mode and that kind of gets back to, I'm always seeing the glass. I'm always seeing it full, not half full. I see it full, right? So that's kind of you know, what I apply. I'm happy to be working. I'm happy to have a game. I'm happy to put on the stripes. I get paid to exercise. So I don't look at all the kind of negative things that may block our mind, right? But those are really two good questions. Thanks for asking those. You want me to get back to it? Uh, I have a few left. Um, so we talked about not allowing coaches to talk negatively. All right, here's a really good one. Don't judge your partner's calls during the game. Save that for after the game when you watch the film. So many times we're looking at our partner from 47 feet away and they make a call and now we're in our head. We're saying, how did he call that? What are they looking at? It's a waste of time. 
Don't even do it. Don't even judge them. Trust them. Trust them. And guess what? Even if they do make an uh, incorrect call, don't even be judgmental in that moment. Just focus on your abilities, focus on your duties and what you have to do. After the game, you break down the film and you can be as judgy as you want to yourself and like audit everything that happened. Okay, I was correct when I kind of thought, you know, my partner might have, should have let that, let that go. So that helps you learn maybe in that moment by watching film and kind of validating and auditing what happened that night. Um, yeah, so just, you know, how many times do we judge our partner's calls? Even on and off the court. Don't do it off the court either. Don't look at, you know, don't scratch your head and be like, I can't believe Brian called that a block. What is he thinking? Again, waste of time, loser ball stuff. Focus on developing you or focus on helping the person you're talking about. Another quick tip, and this is just from an aesthetics point of view, is pass the ball to your partner. I don't know how many times I see a ref, he makes a call and he just can't wait to get to the table. Ball bounces in the ball bounces in his or her area and they just slap the ball away. I feel like you're just slapping the game. You're like disrespecting the game. You know, you could have just picked it up and gave your partner a good handoff or a good pass, but you're, you're so important. You need to go to the table and present. You couldn't pick up the ball. Now I'm not saying go chase the ball into the stands in order to give your partner a good pass. I'm just saying, don't disregard the ball when it's in your general vicinity and we can make a quick pass to our teammate. This is another way that makes us look like teammates. Don't be scared to show off your nice chest pass. Look like you were a player. You know, it's going to give you more court presence and believability. Um, so passing the ball to your partner. We talked about when a player or coach asks, about, okay, this is a little bit more specific, but it has to do with coaches and our partner's calls. So when a coach or a player asks about a partner's call, why don't you guys put, let's make it fun. Why don't you put in the chat and give me your response to what, what you're going to say when a coach says, Hey, Johnny, how did Eric call that? What were they thinking? I would love to hear, see some responses. Did you have the same thing? What are they calling? Or can you explain that? What do you guys got? Anybody got anything? They had the best view of the play and I completely trust their judgment. Perfect. That's great. That's another great one. Anybody have any other ones to share? And it's nice to set up a catalog of responses that you can go to, right? There's not just one great one. There's a hundred great ones. We just have to create them. I'm sharing the ones that work for me, but like, feel free to take what you like and add another little nuance to it. Um, Anybody have any other ones to share? If not, I'll, I'll give what I got. Uh, I back my partner 100%. It was their call, and I'm confident they made the right decision. Another good one. Yeah, and that's just, we want to we wanna communicate trust in that moment. Um, here's another, another one I have for you. Okay, coach, I trust my co partner's call in his primary. Coach, I trust my partner's call in his primary. I didn't have a look where I was from. I'm sure they'll give you an explanation next time down. Yeah, I mean, maybe just change the language there. Coach, I wasn't 100% from my angle, um, but my partner will be happy to come over the next dead ball or next time out. So instead of just saying, I didn't see it, even though we didn't see it, I think there's a better way to say I didn't see it that makes us look a little bit more uh, educated, right? 
Um, but really good responses. Thanks for that. And, you know, take your friend's response and, and use it. Um, I have two. So when my partner, when the coach asked me about my partner's call, if I saw it and they're like, what did you have? I had the same exact thing as him. I had the same exact thing as him, right? Majority answer is though, uh, coach, I don't want my partner to explain my call. So I'm not going to explain his call. They'll be over at the next time out to give you the explanation. Does that work? Oh yeah, I, to I get it. I totally understand. That response is undefeated. Like I share a lot of responses. If communicated effectively, they're undefeated. Meaning the coach will not give you any pushback. You're going to be able to win that encounter. Um, so this was a nice little activity that we did. Um, as far as partnering both on and off the court, um, I mean, I'd be happy to hear any other, you know, additional comments from you guys, any follow-up questions that you might have, but um, that was what I had on the presentation on great partnering. So I hope you enjoyed that. Yes. Thank you very much for that, Paul. I was definitely, definitely learned a lot there. Um, we did get some questions, or I guess I got some questions in from members of the, the group via email earlier. So um, if you wouldn't mind, we got, you know, 15 minutes or so here left, I'll can rattle some off and, just maybe more of like a, like a podcast, like, you know, as you're, as you're used to. Right. Um, so you haven't really touched on it, but when do you start officiating? How do you realize, you know, officiating something you really want to do and just maybe give a little background about that. My mother encouraged me to take the class in 2011. I had just become a substitute teacher. So I wasn't fully solidified in my, my career yet. So I was looking for something that I can couple and complement the hours, the school hours, you know, from eight to two or eight to three, and then I'm able to work school games. So my mom said, you should become a ref. I'm like, I'm a player. I'm a baller. I'm not, I'm not going to become a ref. I didn't have a great image of referees in 2011, but Colin, this was in 2011 when I got certified. Wasn't really that interested early on. It didn't, it didn't move me. I wasn't that inspired. I would sat in the class. was like, eh, it's kind of boring. Um, <laughs> didn't really work my first few months because I didn't have an assigning contact. Um, I didn't have anybody to get me games. So I kind of fell through the cracks in year one. I didn't really do many games. Um, probably nine months in, uh, in right around 2012 is when I got in with an assigner and he started flooding me with a bunch of games. And that's what kind of sparked my hunger and inspiration to want to get better. I, I got inspired through the, the hustle aspect of, of it being a great side hustle, a great side gig. It's a great second job. It's mostly a second job for the majority of the industry. Only the, the top tier gets to work full time. So it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, so 2012, you know, doing a lot of games. I remember I was doing so many games. I did 1300 games in two years. I kept track of everything. So I, I always talk about working a lot of games, high volume games, work year round, don't just work in the winter. I'm not saying that because I, I think you should do it. I'm saying that because I did it. And that's a vehicle for growth is, is games, games, games. You have to take the right approach. You have to take, you have to treat it like it's a varsity game and a final four game. Can't just go out, hey, it's a third grade game. I'm just gonna go through the motions. I mean, we've all been there. We've all done that, especially when you're working six, seven games on a Sunday. So I understand you're not going to ref NBA. You're not going to be in NBA finals mode every game, but it's that consistent approach to wanting to step on the court and grow um, is what really kind of 
led me to my next steps, which was, you know, making college and trying to ascend up the college ladder. And then I just kind of figured it out one day that I'm going to take my creative side and couple it with my passion for refereeing and then make this online platform. So that's just a little backstory of kind of how I got started and worked games and then started Crown Refs. Yeah, perfect. And that kind of leads us into another person's question. Um, and they say, Paul, when officiating three to four intramural games a night, I feel it's often tough to stay engaged. Do you have any tips to stay locked in and continue to improve even when you're working a lot or it's not a great game? I mean, this comes down to how much do you love it? You know, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's are you interested in it or does this bore you? I understand you working multiple games and they sometimes drag, but this gets back to perspective mode. Be grateful you're on the court. Be grateful you're working games. You're getting extra side cash. You're getting exercise. I'm always in. I'm always in that mode, and I don't look at. I don't look at the negatives. I don't look at. Oh, I've been here all day. You know, I want to go home. Like I signed up to work. So the official that complains that they work three or four games and now they're losing their attention, don't work. Don't show up if if it's not something that you're going to be fully invested in. You know. So I think to answer your question best, it just depends on your drive and your desire to want to grow. I know that Matt messaged me. Um, Matt, if you got a question, feel free to ask, hop in, and anyone. I'm just kind of going down my list. For sure. Paul, you kind of talked about, um, you know, during your presentation, kind of looking to veteran officials and trying to connect with them as partners and things like that when you're first starting out. Is there anyone you kind of look to as a role model when you were first starting out as an official and what were some of the qualities they had that kind of drew you to um, looking to them? That's a great question. Thanks for asking that. Uh, well, my dad is my role model. You know, my dad has always been my coach and my mentor and my role model. Um, there were definitely a few people early on that I looked up to that were doing a nice job and carrying themselves professionally. And I tried to, you know, learn and take, take away as many things from them as I could. And that's why I say it's important to surround yourself with the right people, um, with good people that people that are looking to help and develop because not everybody is looking to help you. Not every veteran, probably not even the majority of the veterans are looking to help out whether they're not interested in it, whether they're just don't like helping other people, whether they don't want to see other referees, you know, shine and flourish. Um, but the, it, it's, it hasn't been a long list of people that, that, you know, I had a small circle of people I learned from. I tried, not ha tried to not have too many outside voices. And right now I have no outside voices. Like I don't, I don't have anybody that I go to. I go to my dad, you know, if I, ha if I need advice. But, and eventually I think you guys will all get to that point where now you're the, you're the mentor to everyone. You're the mentor to your own little circle, you know, and, and you don't need to go pull from that outside place, you know? And then uh, before I continue, does anyone else um, have any questions that are in here that would like to chime in here? Yeah, I can, I, I can throw one out there too. Ethan can follow me up. Like, um, was there like a moment or a game or scenario that kind of just is like the one moment that, sticks out to you in your entire career of refereeing maybe it's like a funny moment or just a really stressful moment I know that we've a lot of us have only been around for four years and we always have like incredibly stressful or funny stories to share so I, I um you know I was really serious about my growth and I wasn't getting a lot of film so I went to Best Buy one day and I bought a camera and then when I bought the camera I'm like all right that's great you have a camera you need someone to film you um 
So I asked my wife, my lovely wife, who's sitting in the next room. I said, Jody, you're going to be, uh, you got the job. You are the cam my camera person. And we're going to Mount Vernon. Uh, I don't know if you know New York. Mount Vernon's one of the best um, teams. And it was kind of a rivalry game. It was a JV game at the time. So she, she sat behind the bench of the coach. And I didn't, I was not in a position in my career where I can handle game management and communication. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to address, right? I'm just out there running around and playing defense on the coach as they shout out. I don't know what to say, right? Um, coaches yelling, yelling all game, all game. I don't think I warned him. I don't think I gave him a tech. He did whatever he wants. And I look back on the film and I'm like, wow, I can't believe you let him say all this stuff. Um, but anyway, my, my wife quit after the game. She's like, I can't do this anymore. This is so stressful. I mean, she was literally right sitting right behind the coach that was just yelling out all disrespectful things to me. Um, that game, she wound, so she wound up actually coming to one other game. And this was the last game I think she came to. It was funny. I, I had a weekend of games. It was my first year doing Juco. We had a Juco game upstate and it was just crazy. It was crazy. Like I wasn't in a position to run the game at that moment. So a lot of, you know, there, there was a lot of pressure in that game. So it was a tough Saturday. And I don't say this about games like, oh, that was a tough game. I don't say that anymore. I just, you know, it is what it is. I have a good game. I go home. I don't stress it. And I don't think a lot of them are that tough. But so then in the next game, I had another really tough game, freshman game um, at a Catholic school. Nonetheless, I have my mother, my wife and my sister there for this game. Um, so late in the fourth quarter, the clock is messing up. I'm not picking it up. I'm not stopping the game properly as the clock didn't start. So it must have been like 10 mistakes late in the game. The fans were out of control. No one did anything. No game management did anything. Um, but God, they were, that was one of the toughest games I had. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe how much verbal assaults were, were being thrown at, at me. And of course, my wife and mother and sister after the game were like, I am never coming to one of your games again. This is horrible. I can't, I can't believe the way these fans treat the officials. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's something that I'm trying to change. I wasn't trying to change it at that time in 2015 or whenever that was, but now I'm in a position now that we can kind of flip this story moving forward. Now I'm in a position, I want to be the guy that's screaming sportsmanship from the rooftop. I'm going to be the guy putting pressure on organizations. I'm going to be the guy putting pressure on coaches with my content, with, with, with documenting, you know, the terrible behavior that we see. I, I'm a partner with a company called Officially Human. Their brand mission is to raise awareness on the lack of respect towards sports officials. Um, so I'm, I'm heavy on that mission and i um, trying to change the culture and, and, you know, impact the game positively. I think on behalf of all of us, we all agree that, you know, that's something we all strive for, for sure. Um, anyone else want to chime in? I know that uh, Ethan, I think you had one. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question here. I don't think I'm going to pick up very well. What's up, man? Um, I have a question here. Um, do you work with a specific crew or like a group of people? And if so, uh, like why did you choose what, what qualities about them as an official beyond like some of the stuff that you talked about, like treating everyone with respect? Like, uh, is there anything like uh, specifically maybe about like the way they call a game or about like the way that they can 
um, like be a partner to you that you like really look for when you're picking a crew or just about officials that you like to ref with? Well, you know, we don't get to pick our crew, unlike football officials where you can kind of pick your crew and, and ref every game with them. Although that's a really interesting concept, you know, if you could pick a crew and just travel with that crew. Um, so, you know, unfortunately we don't have that. You just got to be adaptable and be able to work with everybody. Not everybody is going, not everybody loves officiating. So a lot of people are working throughout the day. They show up at night and they're just looking to make their 80 bucks cash and go home. They're not looking to talk about officiating and um, best practices and all that kind of stuff. My answer is going to be a lot of kind of what I touched on early on, just, you know, being a good person comes way before officiating. You know, that's a, that's a strength. Not everybody is nice to everybody. And to me, that's a huge vulnerability. To me, that's a huge weakness in life. If you're not nice, if you're nice to me, but you're not nice to the person at, at the cashier's checkout, then you're not that good of a person that you think you are, you know? Um, and back to the power of saying great call. You know, that really, so, you know, yeah, my partner told me great call and it resonated with me and inspired me. And I'm talking about that seven years from now, but just respecting and appreciating, you know, the way the professionalism that, um, you know, the way they show up to the gym, great attitude. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's just all about being a good person. All right, Paul, we got another one in the chat here. So Jacob asks, how do you reassure yourself that you made the right call? when it's a call that no matter what call you make, one of the sides in the gym is going to disagree with you on. We got, that's going to, that's going to occur naturally in every game. 50% are going to agree. 50% won't. Um, here's the answer. Watching film, being able to ref a game live, have all these thoughts about the, what the call is and what the, you know, where your positioning is and then go watch it on film to validate everything that you just saw. Right. So you kind of learn, hmm, that's, you know, you're watching the film now. Oh, I'm at 639. I was really skeptical of that travel call, but watching it, it's obvious. What was I thinking? So you have to be able to go back and watch these plays over and over and over again. That's what's going to give you the confidence during that live ball to not have any self doubt because you've watched this play a hundred times already on film. You already know the answer. So I'm blocking out anyone's external voice. I'm expecting that people are going to disagree, right? 50% will. Um, that's, part of, that's part of the territory. So you got to have that thick skin. And this is something that takes years to build. This is not easy. Officiating basketball is not easy, especially when you're, when you're a younger official having to deal with game management and, and poor behaving coaches. Nobody is trained for that off the off the get right nobody steps out of the class and is just a great game manager and knows how to speak to everybody got to learn the rules first you got to build you know the, your science before you can then go paint the art you know on the game during the game so film is the answer all right so it's nearing seven o'clock i want to respect your time and everyone else's um is there any last questions anyone has that uh, we can ask Paul while we have his valuable time here. Uh, I have one about film. Do you ever um, watch film on a team that you're about to ref so that you can be prepared for, you know, maybe like how they play or all, any of that kind of stuff? No. I think that's a waste of time. 
I think a lot of officials are concerned about teams and players and sets that they run and which defenses they run and are they going to press or are they in man to man. I've always found that information to be completely irrelevant. I've never found it to help me. Like we should, we shouldn't know. I don't know. Like we shouldn't identify like who the best player is and think anything more than that. Cause now it's going to start bleeding into the game and I'm going to alter the game now based on the best player. Like, no, we're all created equal. The best player can foul out. I don't care. It's his fifth foul. He's out, right? We're not going to change the rules for him. So, you know, and I hear, I'm glad you asked this, this question. I, I hear a lot of conversations that are just counterproductive. We don't need to talk about what the other teams are doing, what they're running. I don't think it's going to help. I think it'll help if you can focus completely on your primary and completely on being a great partner. Um, you know, knowing how another team's play, I just don't see it helping you make a correct call in a game. Because now you're like, oh, because now you're, you're, you're bringing in a perception of what one team did last week on and now how they're going to do this week. It's just too much to me. I'm not saying you don't watch them. But don't like, I think you could spend much more efficient use of your time watching one of your games twice than watching one of their games once. Excellent. Well, Paul, um, do you have anything else for us here tonight while we got you? Um, no, just please share, you know, my email. You could share my phone number, um, you know, my contacts with the group. I'd love to keep this going with the group. If you guys need anything from me, you know, one, one way that I've able, I've been able to kind of build crown refs is I'm always accessible. Anybody that knows me or has reached out, whether it's on, you know, in my DMS or comments or an email or through text, I'm always, no one has been left on red. You know, so that's the other cool thing, you know, about Crown Reps is we're always going to reach out and respond to comments and try to help help you guys out. So I want to I want you to look at me as a resource. If you ever have any questions, if you need me to filter out what you just heard at a game from two veteran partners that you might not have agreed with, I think I'm your guy. So, um, you know, like I said, use me as a resource. Feel free to reach out anytime. I'm here to bring you guys value. Paul, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, like you said, I do think you brought us a lot of value tonight. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're interested in joining our private community for officials and want to hear more details, we can set up a call. You can email me at crownrefs at gmail.com. Or you can text me, 845-742-0834. Have a blessed day.